0: the four things that i think really help make a successful salesperson and if you're thinking i don't i don't work in sales russ why are you talking about this in a leadership podcast because you need to if you're going to scale your leadership career or at least you've got to understand the client well enough in sales well enough to know what makes someone successful in that area i'll explain in this episode Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. If you have not yet listened to the last episode, episode 225, the, the title of it is Why You Need to Work in Sales. Hit pause on this episode, go back and listen to that one. These are kind of like a little two-part series. In that last episode, I talk about how I have formed the belief, I now believe that in order to really scale your leadership career, you've got to either work in the sales department for a period of time, oversee the sales team, or at the very least understand, have really good sales skills. And I used to not feel that way. I used to think, oh my gosh, the salespeople, I don't want, not only do I not want to be one of them, I actually don't really, (laughs) I don't really want to be around them, but my perspective has totally changed. And in this episode, I want to share with you four things I've learned Um, in the world of selling multi-million dollar um, agreements with organizations and uh, some things I've learned over the last decade or so being in sales or at least having a dashboard number. So I'll get into that in just a minute. I'll share my list of four things but first welcome into the Culture Hacks podcast. My name is Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executives at some of the world's largest companies. You can find out more about our organization our firm and man are we growing it's crazy um to think that we've only been doing well we've been doing this for a lot of years but that we launched the company a year ago and uh it's just crazy I'm, i feel so blessed so fortunate um with all the organizations that we get a chance to work with all the leaders that we're coaching you can find out more about our firm at loanrockconsulting.com okay so I'm going to get right into it. Four things. These are these are um, things that I've realized, kind of principles, ideas that I've realized are important if you want to be successful in the world of sales. Number one, relationship is everything; transaction is secondary. So if you're making a list in your mind or on a sheet of paper or in a notes app, number one thing that I think, I I absolutely believe, makes the difference in sales is relationship focusing on the relationship more than this individual this one-time transaction and if you're i'm not giving you tips on how to be a good used car salesman okay so if you're if you're looking for if you're thinking of this episode through the lens of oh this is going to help me do the slimy sales stuff not that those of you that sell cars are slime i don't mean that but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like that's more wheeling and dealing and transactional. And we're just trying to get this deal done. And what's it going to take to get you, you know, to sign here on the dotted line? I'm not talking about that. I don't have any experience in that space. I don't want to work in that space. I don't claim any wisdom. So that that's a, that's a whole different podcast that you want to go check out. Um, what I'm talking about is... Either a subscription, an ongoing sales agreement, or you've got the mindset in your organization that you want you want to build re- repeat customers. And so, whether you're doing a small transaction, but you want a lot of them over the years, or you're engaging in like what I've been selling over the last however many years, and I, I, I hate I hate even calling it selling. What the way that somebody hires me, the way that we interact or bring value to a client is through typically a, at least a one-year agreement, if not a multi-year agreement. And so in my prior life, working with the firm I used to work at, the consulting firm, we would sell two, three-year, um, typically several million-dollar contracts to large organizations. They're hiring us to help um, with culture projects across the company or whatever whatever that might be. In my current um organization the one that i helped co-found lone rock consulting we're selling coaching agreements going in and working with a leadership team to create clarity alignment and movement with that team and uh and they're they're hiring us for a year and we have a limited number of clients that we're willing to take on because we don't want to be road warriors like we were pre-covid and uh and we want to be able to invest a ton of ourselves and our our mind share into the organizations that we work with, the leadership teams, and so you know these aren't little transactions where we're selling widgets. So that's a kind of I'm I'm talking about. I mean, it could still be a uh, $100 or a hundred dollar or or a five thousand dollar transaction that you're working with, and whether it's B to C or B to B doesn't really matter. I'm just talking about where you're trying to build a repeat customer relationship matters. So you're, you're thinking about it from that standpoint, right? Is that I've got to, I've got to be able to bring value to this client. And I'm, I'm the, the long-term is way more important to me than this one-time transaction. Okay. So that's tip number one, the long-term view relationship more than a transaction that's guiding your, your frame of mind. That's what you're leaning into. That's my first tip for you. First thing I've learned is that, that that has made all the difference so that if you don't want to buy from me right now, it's no big deal because I want you as a long-term customer. I, I'm i going to bring value to you. And if you if you are in a position because of budget concerns or because you're just super busy right now or you really don't need our product or service or whatever it might be, no big deal. Um, I, I'm not going to freak out about that right now because there are lots of other people who need our services. And if I truly believe in our product or service, and I think it's bringing value to the customer, then I can lean into the long-term view. That was, that's what got me into the world of sales. When I joined the consulting firm I used to work for is, and I thought, Oh my gosh, for the first time in my life, I'm going to be in sales. I've got a dashboard number. I'm officially like, and it's kind of, I wasn't officially sales because we, we were kind of funky and I still am where we're, we're selling to you we're 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 presenting the agreement for you to sign but I'm also delivering to you right so it's it's not exactly a true sales position but still the sales side of that freaked me out a little bit cuz I didn't have any background in sales for the 20 years of my career leading up to that point but when I realized and learned that oh this organization has a long-term view they're less concerned about whether or not I sign this client today rather than am I going to be able to build a relationship with them and, and build something that generates value for the client and generates value for our firm over time. Then I was much more willing to go into that role, which by the way, I would, I would, I would encourage you that if you're joining a team or an organization in the world of sales, I would think that's question number one, right? If you don't sense that kind of culture or mindset, man, I want nothing to do with this organization. And then if you're leading the sales team, or if you've got responsibility for those that are in business development, are you creating that kind of culture, that kind of an organization? And I can tell you, when our firm, nothing against private equity, because they do amazing things, and I've got friends that work in the private equity space, and I think it's amazing, or venture capital, but when the firm I used to work for was bought out by private equity, it became all about, did you sign the client today? What what revenue have you brought in this week? What are you doing this quarter? And And the view totally changed from um bringing long-term value the culture totally changed again nothing against anybody that's the nature of the beast when you're bought out by that kind of company and it's all about the flipping the value right and but it didn't work for me and like that mindset was really hard for me so number one the number one tip for successful sales long-term view relationship over transaction number two and these next three points i'm going to share with you are how i divide up a conversation so if you're a potential client and you reach out to me, and say, hey Russ, heard about your consulting firm or that you you all coach executives, I'd be interested in having a conversation and we got a, we get on a Zoom meeting or we're going to lunch together or I, I'm on the phone with you. Here's how I break down that conversation. So this is my second tip. Ask lots of informed questions. And that is roughly don't hold me to these exact numbers, but that's going to be about 70 percent of our conversation me asking you very specific questions. And by the way, I, I've, um, fine tuned these questions over and over and over and over again. And I'm thinking in my mind, is this question going to lead the conversation in an area that allows us to get into the space that's going to help lead to me being able to bring value to this organization or this potential client? Or am I asking a question that's just detouring us or isn't really valuable? It's just kind of filler. And so I'm constantly evaluating. There's no finish line for this. I'm constantly evaluating my questions. Dang it. That was a bad question. I shouldn't have asked that. It derailed the conversation or it got them thinking about a potential obstacle to us bringing value and helping them. And and so questions are so important, you all. What questions are you asking the client and are they doing? I mean, there's tons of sales material out there. This is not, you know, some brilliant idea I came up with, but I'm telling you, it's the difference. It's one of the differences between someone who's successful with clients and someone who's not. And that's asking lots of informed questions and making sure that's the, that is the overwhelming percentage of the conversation. The client, the potential customer talking and them talking about their challenges their problem, the solution they're looking for, why they want that solution, the value that solution is going to bring to them, the pain they're experiencing, the emotion that they're going through, their need for solutions, right? That's where I'm guiding those questions. And that's 70% roughly of our conversation, them talking. Number three, my third tip for you. About 10% of the conversation is me sharing data. Only 10% you all, I am not going to give you death by PowerPoint. I'm not going to bombard you with a million different details. I'm not going to spend the vast majority of our conversation talking about how great we are. I am, our product is, our service is. No, that feels slimy and salesy and it just makes, it puts up all the defenses for you as a potential client. And so I've got some statistics. Did you know that nine out of 10 leadership teams are not aligned around what matters most? Did you know that nine out of 10 leaders say that the mindset culture of their team is very valuable, but less than less than three and well, let's put it this way. Only about 20% of leaders say they know how to manage culture or mindset. Let's go to another one. How many people feel like development, the leadership development is important to them? Eight out of 10 leaders say further development is critical to them remaining at this organization. So what I'm telling you here is I've got some stats that are um, they're, they're memorized. They're at the top of my mind. The, this is data that I can use. 41% when the pandemic hit within a month of the pandemic hitting in 2020, Microsoft did this global survey. Do you know what it found? four out of 10 people, four out of 10 employees worldwide across all industries said they were considering leaving their job in the next 12 months, four out of 10 employees like that number had never existed. You know how many people left their job, quit voluntarily, quit their job in 2021. Yeah. Just over 44 million in the U S alone. Over 4 million people a month right now are leaving their job. Why are they leaving their jobs? Why is there so much turnover in the workforce? Two reasons. Do you know what those data points are? Number one is they've got discontent. They're feeling discontent in their current job. Why? Because they don't feel hurt or there's no purpose or movement in this organization. Number two, because their priorities have shifted. That's what happens in a global pandemic. And when the way we work changes suddenly, like for me, I'll give you an example for me. I don't want to do 165 flights a year. No, I've got to never return to that. And so what I'm making the case here, you all giving you an example of data, four out of 10 employees, nine out of 10 leadership teams, these sorts of stats, this data, I don't need a PowerPoint deck. I don't need to reference any notes. It's in my head. I've cited them so many times. This is data that I know gets the attention of my potential clients, of our prospective customers. And so I, I can recall certain data right off the tip of my tongue, just in a conversation with you as we're on the uh, jet bridge boarding a plane. I can do it on a phone call, a conversation in a, in a break during a meeting, a, you know, an offsite strategic planning session where you pull me aside and say, hey, Russ, I want to learn more about what your firm does. Okay, I've got that data ready to go. It's only 10% roughly of what conversation we're going to have but I got it ready to go. Why is it? Why do I need it? Because you need to know, I know what I'm talking about. You need to know that I've done my homework. You need to know that I work in this space. You need to know where I have expertise. You need to know what our firm is really good at. You need something to react to. You need some, some evidence that backs up the experience you're having you go yeah nine out of ten leadership teams aren't aligned around what matters most man can i relate to that it's so true in our organization 44 million people left their jobs last year man that makes sense because we have lost a lot of people or i know a lot of people who are talking about potentially leaving or switching their jobs or i am so i've got data that's backing up it's roughly 10 percent of my conversation that is something that really good sales, business development, customer focused people are able to do. So that is uh, tip number three. Now the fourth and final tip stories, that's going to make up 20 to 30% of our conversation. So I'm going to give you a little bit of data, some numbers like I just gave you, but uh, what I'm going to lean into beyond my questions and getting you to talk are stories. So you say to you, here's how the conversation goes. Yeah. And I ask, okay, so what are the some of the challenges, obstacles that, uh, you know, your your senior leadership team at your organization is running into right now? What what are what are some of what's 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 what are some of the gaps that you're working to close? Well, we're not aligned. You know, we got all these issues and let me give you and then you start telling me a story. You know, last week in our offsite meeting, this happened and that we got these silos and whatever. I go, okay, interesting. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. Data shows the research shows nine out of ten. Leadership teams aren't aligned. They, When you ask them what matters most, they don't have that. Or you say, man, we're having trouble retaining people. I ask you a question, you come forward with, a story or some information about how retaining and attracting the best talent's a big issue you got staffing issues in your organization right now and you think it's tied to leadership your leadership needs to be upskilled in order to better um, retain your talent and I go yeah do you know 44 million over 44 million Americans left their jobs last year record numbers four out of 10 employees said they're considering leaving their jobs in the next 12 months I'm giving you a little bit of data and then I go for instance you know I was on the phone last week with a senior executive in the healthcare space. And she was telling me, and I give you a story backing up the data. I just, um, I just shared with you and my story that I'm sharing with you happened in the last seven days, maybe the last month it's recent most of the time so that you're thinking, wow, Russ deals a lot with this. Russ is he's talking to other organizations or executives they're dealing with what we're dealing with. He, he like he he works in this space. Oh, he understands it. We need his firm to help us. We need his team to help our organization. So, four tips. Let me review these real quick. These are based on a lot of experience and screwing these things up a lot. Number 1, you want to be good at sales or you want to help your sales team or anybody dealing with the customer? Build customer satisfaction, build relationships, sell more. These four things, long-term view, relationship over transaction. It's your mental state of mind. Okay. You're not getting too high or too low with the particular transaction because you're in this for the long haul and you're building a relationship with potential customers. Number two, you ask a ton of informed questions, 70% roughly of your conversation is going to be the client talking and you asking questions that are purposefully intentionally leading the conversation where it leads to the pain points, the problems and their need for solutions and the cost of what they're dealing with. Number three, the third tip data, have those stats, have that information at the top of your tongue, right on in in the front of your mind and lean into it. 10% of the conversation or less, but show your expertise in it. Don't show off. Don't try to be the know-it-all. You know what I'm talking about, but you need to have some data. And then my fourth tip is stories. People remember stories and you're going to tell that story in a way that it's it's 60 seconds or less. It's really tight, maybe two minutes, but really tight story. There's going to be a name. There's going to be some enough information to where I can form. I can create the YouTube video of your story as you're telling it. If you do not have enough information or too much information or your story goes too long or there's no emotion in it, I can't create the YouTube video while you're speaking. And therefore I am zoning out. You've lost me. So don't tell me, yeah, once we worked with the company and they had this same problem, that is not a story, right? Or last week, you know, where there were these two departments and they really made progress in working together. Okay. I don't even know, like. Think about the difference between that story and, you know, I was talking to an organization that based on the East Coast of the U.S. in the healthcare space and the sales team and the marketing team are having all kinds of friction. In fact, we were in a virtual meeting and you could just see in the different cameras the the frustration of these different leaders and different teams for each other It was so clear the silos. Can you see that? You can totally see it. You're forming the YouTube video in your mind as I'm telling that story, which causes you to what be engaged. And when you create that YouTube video in the moment, you're going to remember that story. Someone says, Hey, how'd your conversation with Russ go? You know what? They're working with a company, um, on the East coast healthcare space, have the same issue. We've got sales and marketing silos going, whatever you're going to remember it. Okay. So those are my four tips around business development, working with the client. I think you all, it's so critical to develop some of these skills. If you want to scale your leadership, you, you don't have to, you, I, I suggest you work in sales at some point in your career. If you really want to scale your ability to lead in an organization or you oversee it, or you interact with that sales team enough to understand the customer pain points, the value proposition we're bringing to them, the problems we're solving, the emotion that the client feels the cost of the pain that they're currently experiencing, what benefit we're really providing, how they describe it, and the re- and the value of us serving that customer over the long term. If you can get those things down, it will really help you be a more effective senior leader of an organization. You can't do those things that I just described. You're probably limited in your ability to lead. You're too specialized and not general enough in your career. So those are my thoughts around business development. Oh, my gosh. Got so many things, you all. We've been crazy busy with the clients we're working with. In fact, I'm, I'm going on the road um, several times in the next few weeks. And I want to share with you some of the things that have come up with our clients and some of the challenges that they're dealing with right now. They're, I've just got a, this long list of episodes content that I want to get to in the next few weeks. I hope I'm bringing value to you. And if I am, and this is your first time listening, just tap on that follow, add subscribe button. You'll get two new episodes delivered to your phone each week. Leadership is a choice We make the decision to lead others, and then a journey begins, a journey on how to improve, strengthen our ability to lead others so we can be more effective in delivering results. That is what I'm trying to help you with in this podcast. We'll talk to you. I hope you're healthy. Hope you're happy. Hope you're doing well. And I'll talk to you in the next episode of the Culture Hacks podcast. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.